Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score and ISU Redbird alum. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special, and here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 23rd episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farrell here with you tonight on December 21st, 2018, welcoming listeners to the 23rd episode of Will's 5th Quarter Special. The show is also celebrating a historic moment as Will's 5th Quarter Special is celebrating not just the holiday season, but the show's one-year anniversary of its birth back on December 21st, 2017. I have two special guest co-hosts with me tonight. The first one was the first ever guest host on the show in its history, returning tonight, Brian Farrell, and from episode two, when he made his debut, Alex Donar. We're, we're still trying to get him off the Cubs uh, stuff, but it's not going to work. But uh, gentlemen, you made time before the holidays. You finished your holiday shopping, so welcome on the one-year anniversary special. Yeah, thanks for having me, Will. Thanks, thanks Will. Merry Christmas indeed. We'll be, obviously, that's uh, something we're all going to be talking about right now, the holiday season, but... Uh, people need to do their sports stuff before they open those presents and uh, wait for Santa Claus, right? So uh, we have a very exciting show for everyone tonight as I'm going to talk about it briefly. We have a little bit of a change. As I mentioned on Facebook Live, I graduated college just last week. Very exciting. But the show needs to adjust with it because I'm not going to be on IC's campus anymore as a student, you know, as an alum. So I'm not officially there to see the games. So... We're going to do a newer collegiate segment moving forward based more off of all NCAA sports to, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that have been asking about that. When are we going to talk about other things? And Alex has been waiting, crossing it off his calendar when we were going to talk about these bigger topics because his U of I team is in that bigger conference. We are going to start for the first time with NCAA men's basketball specifically on the show as they're holding a pivotal tournament right in our own backyard. Alex, just about 45-minute drive in Chicago uh, this weekend, and Alex and I are going to give our predictions for every matchup in the tournament and how it could easily shake up standings in the uh, Division One basketball setting of the NCAA. The Chicago Bears beat the rival Green Bay Packers at home this past Sunday 24-17 to and clinched the NFC North as well as being playoff bound for the first time since 2010. How can the Monsters of the Midway continue their 2018 success into Sunday's road game with the San Francisco 49ers? The Bears have had five players selected and seven alternates to the 2019 Pro Bowl. What does this mean for the team's strong 2018 season and their future? The White Sox were one of three teams in Major League Baseball to host superstar infielder Manny Machado this week. What are the chances in 2019 that Machado joins the Southsiders? The Sox are also in the headlines as the trade the Dodgers and Reds made just this afternoon leaves them even more competition for Bryce Harper. What are the White Sox chances with Bryce Harper as well? The show will continue starting on episode 24 with the new Illinois State University Redbird Sports Update portion. We also continue uh, to follow the Cubs offseason and the regular season of the Chicago Bulls. We're going to close with Willis Sports Movement. So we are going to start with Alex first. Brian was, he knew what we were going to talk about with college, but he, he's waiting for the White Sox. He's even more excited about that. So we had to split up evenly. So Alex and I are going to start on the collegiate segment. It's a new one, so we'll, we got the training wheels on it. We'll have to see how it works for the first time, the way it's adjusted. But there's a big tournament going on in uh, Chicago, Alex, and it, I think it's really cool how it's that close to home for us, especially uh, one of my teams that I follow just because Jordan played there. You know, I'm a Bulls fan, so I'm going to go with where Jordan went to college. 
if I'm a fan, the Tar Heels. But uh, they're playing uh, University of Kentucky tomorrow at 5.15 Eastern time. And then we have a 3 p.m. Eastern game, uh, UCLA. No, no balls there. Uh, none of the ball uh, brothers are there, so we don't have to worry no. about that. Uh, against Ohio State. So I know this is your big thing. You love, like, predicting the bigger games, you know, the, the brackets. I know you don't want down the street love doing the brackets. So. Oh, yeah. What are your predictions for those two games? We're going to start off with your predictions first. So I think, uh, okay, so the first game, Ohio State uh, versus UCLA, I think. So Ohio State's 10-1, and UCLA is 7-4. Ohio State's had some good quality wins. Um, They beat Creighton and Cincinnati. UCLA lost to Cincinnati. Um, They also lost to Michigan State. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to... Um, North Carolina. So I, I think Ohio State's going to win that game. Uh, but UCLA needs to win more for their tournament resume um, as they've fallen to more tournament-ready teams than Ohio State has. So I think Ohio State's going to win that game, even though UCLA needs it more. Yeah, no, that uh, – I'm glad you brought up UCLA because I remember watching the tournaments last few years. And, you know, we got to give uh, the Lavars and Lamelles a little credit, though, because his – Son that is younger than uh, Alonzo, uh, you know, Leangelo played pretty well at that guard position even after um, Lonzo, you know, when he was at UCLA. He had some good playing ability, but this team, it looked like they still had a good front court presence coming into this year. I know we could talk about that all night, how impressive the Zion Williamsons and some of those other guys are that play center in the four spot in college basketball stretching mm-hmm. stretch, stretch uh, positions now these days, that new trend. In a Division One basketball in the NCAA, but yeah. uh, they're just more—they're more athletic. Exactly, I mean, they play positions one through five. Little guard packs reference. We always got to reference it to college too. But uh, I'm gonna go with my predictions a little bit off yours. I am gonna go with Ohio State. You were talking about UCLA uh, not being the big team it used to be, so they—that's a good test for them though. Where Ohio State is right now, Ohio State's always there up there with the football, but uh, they always bring it with basketball. I mean, a few years ago, I'm just gonna touch on their history. With basketball, good old D'Angelo Russell when he was in you know college before the draft, just an exciting player. They still have that excitement in you know their backcourt. I love their bench. You know, yeah, yeah. to me in any college basketball team, you look at the bench because you know we do that in the pros, but in college it's even more appropriate to look at because some of those players are trying to get drafted just as much as the starters, whether it be a senior or a freshman, one and done. But Kentucky and you and North Carolina is the big game for me to watch of the. You know, my case of I want to choose one team, but then maybe at halftime I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should win with this team. You know, I don't want to be – I don't switch teams actually too much during games, but uh, kind of it might flop my prediction a little bit. I think Kentucky's not uh, as veteran strong as they used to be. You know, they used to keep a lot of seniors on their crews, juniors, but uh, they have very much younger players. I mean, we saw that last year when good old Kevin Knox went over to – you know, New York through the draft, he was like 18. So they got some yeah. really young kids in that program, which is great. But it, it it makes it more interesting because there's North Carolina. They always have a good set of juniors and seniors, you know, back when we saw Marcus Page. So uh, I usually got to touch on the past players because that's kind of how we can compare where the team's going. So my uh, bracket with these four, uh, hypothetically, it's going to be Ohio State uh, coming over UCLA. I mean, I like upsets, so UCLA can't pull the upset. I'm not ruling that out, but I, I think too. Uh, Ohio State's played at the United Center this season. They played Illinois, so they're even more used to that court. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, if that if that means anything, it, it should help a little bit. So let's set, let's narrow it down for the folks at home real quick. So I'm gonna go Ohio State and uh, beating UCLA, and then I'm gonna go Kentucky actually beating North Carolina because I touched on the younger players. I like that uh, versatility that that's bringing to the game today. A lot of these teams, you know, they're seniors. They don't have seniors because it's the one and done thing. Eventually, it's gonna have to probably be. It's not my job to do that. It's obviously the NCAA officials, but I think uh, that's going to be something that people are going to want worked eventually, and you know, for college basketball. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting issue, but uh, I'm going to go the young Kentucky uh, Wildcats uh, taking on Ohio State. I'm actually going to go with I, I'm seeing as I've seen Ohio State's ten and one, but I'm going to go with Kentucky winning the tournament at the United Center. I'm going to go with that youth. Uh, I, that's going to be my upset for uh, that final game between uh, the two of the four teams. But Alex, what's your little bracket? They don't play a championship. Okay, but the, the matchup between the two. Yeah. Uh, I think I just call it the final matchup because it's like a final showdown for NCAA. That's kind of why I referenced okay. it that way. Um, I think that uh, I think Kentucky, they're older for, an, for a Kentucky team. They have a lot of sophomores. Um, they don't have as many freshmen as they had in the past, but like you said, yeah, they don't have the senior leadership that North Carolina does. Uh, I think I think North Carolina is going to win that game, though. I, I, don't, I think it could be a contest, but North Carolina is battle-tested. Um, they played Gonzaga really well uh, last week. Um, the leadership, Roy Williams, John Calipari, two good coaches. Oh, Calipari um, is a household name, man. He's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think North Carolina is going to win that game. I like that, and I, I thought – I was hoping there was going to be a final two. That's probably why I was talking about it because I'm already getting ready for March, man. I, I think that's where my head was at when I was talking about that. I'm ready for March Madness. And it's kind of like when I was putting this together uh, for the show tonight, it's exciting to talk about a tournament-based setup at a pro uh, setting like the United Center, not too far. You know, people can obviously commute there. Well, UCLA's going to deal with our snowy weather anyways before Christmas, but uh, – my, my point being, it is like a tournament within a tournament. You know, they always, in TV, they'll make that term, there's a show within a TV show, right? For In basketball terms, for me, this is kind of like a pre-tournament before the big one because they're having all these big schools together. I mean, the Bulls aren't doing well at all. That's why we, we I, I would really have to put something together tonight to talk about that just because of where yeah, they're at. But this is excitement those basketball fans need right now in Chicago. Yeah, these are probably – the two best games that will be at the United Center for a while. But uh, these – these yeah, this, this is a little tournament within a big tournament leading towards March. But a lot of these kids that play in these in these pro arenas have played there before because they're high-profile recruits coming out of high school. They've played AAU ball. They've played travel ball. They've played um, in big state championship games in these big arenas. So I think the stage isn't too bright for them. And it's going to be a bright one, you know, the – Christmas star will be coming out there pretty soon. Our uh, good old Lord Jesus coming to birth pretty soon. So that's going to be a nice uh, early Christmas gift for those teams that get those victories. But as we mentioned, Ohio State taking on the UCLA Bruins at the United Center. 2 p.m. tip-off as Kentucky and North Carolina will be looking on to that matchup as they 
are the closing game of the two. They will be going at 5.15 Eastern time, so that's 4.15 p.m. Central time, tip-off at the United Center. We are now going to go into the professional segment of the show. We're going to start with a topic that is exciting the whole city of Chicago. And Brian's going to join us on this one, Alex. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you and I could talk about it all night, but Brian, he, he just he, he knows he has, he's that X factor with the Bears. I know you went to that game, but we're going to obviously give you time to talk about that experience as we beat the Packers, guys. We beat the Packers finally. I mean, I remember uh, watching the game back, back when I was a student at school. It's um, It was staying up to work on a paper after. That's how much I wanted to see that game. And you and I were talking about it, I remember, the next day. After I called my dad, I'm like, how did we lose by one point to the Packers? The way we talked about on the show throughout the season is uh, that's the one you don't want to mention. You know, it's like the the toothpick that could break that little toothpick bridge uh, in Bears yeah. fans. So uh, the Bears started the next chapter in the team's historic history, as we mentioned. Uh, as this past Sunday, the Bears defeated the rival Green Bay Packers on Soldier Field, and Chicago faithful witnessed their Bears win 24-17, as well as clinching the NFC North in postseason hopes. This clinch also takes the Bears in the NFL playoffs for the first time since 2010. This team in year one of Matt Nagy's era has become a true contender, uh, as we could all agree, for 2018 and moving forward with classic defense coming back to Chicago, along with Mitchell Dubisky leading the offense at quarterback. The Bears have two more weeks left of the regular season with high hopes for the postseason, but they got another bright spot, gentlemen, as the team has announced that linebacker Khalil Mack, safety Eddie Jackson, cornerback Kyle Fuller, defensive tackle Akeem Hicks, and return specialist and running back Tariq Cohen. God, Tariq Cohen just does it all. We're going to give him like five terms the way this looks right now. I only found two of them. But uh, they were named to the NCAA. Uh, well, they were named to the NFC main roster, but they have alternates, obviously. These mm-hmm. players have the playoffs coming up. Some of these guys are in the Pro Bowl, so they're going to have to really make sure they don't get injured is going to be the big thing. I know we've seen that in the Pro Bowl before, um, you know, before any other big games. Uh, and uh, they have seven alternates. It's Mitchell Trubisky, Trey Burton, Cody Whitehair, Charles Leno Jr., and the linebackers rookie Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, and Landers Floyd. It, that's just some of the great players on this team. Uh, I, I know how much I'd love to see, and I know you're talking to me about this, uh, Brian, how much you like seeing Akeem Hicks back uh, use the way the fridge was, right? Why don't you tell us what you thought about what they've been doing with uh, Matt Nagy's offense. He's even using defensive weapons on offense right now. Well, evidently, they've only begun to tap into uh, the offensive playbook. Um, I know uh, some people are, uh, uh, one instance, the announcer for the uh, Packers, they were talking about on the radio on the score, Wayne Larrabee, who used to announce for the uh, the Bears when I was younger. He uh, thought it was arrogant, and uh, when Nagy tried to, do the fake punt, and uh, he was happy about that. And uh, <laughs> so evidently some NFL purists aren't too happy, but young kids and Bears fans, um, they like it. It's exciting. It adds a new dimension. Sometimes football de- games can be boring, almost as boring as a Cub game. Um, no, I don't, I don't <coughs> think I also agree with that Sorry. one. Sorry. <laughs> That's well, interesting debate we'll have to get into. Almost uh, as boring as the Cubs World Series matchups this year. But anyways, um, <laughs> right. non-existent. These two yeah. are back in their debates, as right. you mentioned on their last episode, folks. But, but Brian, continue. But it's exciting. I know uh, 
you know, they, they keep showing the club dub and how the players are excited. Oh, I love the club dub. And uh, the players are engaged. He, uh, Matt Nagy is a real down-to-earth, easygoing, relatable type person. Like a Joe Madden. He's got to dance in there with him, though, guys. He's not even in the club. I, I, I think he might be more successful in, the, in his future than Joe Madden. But anyways, because um, he's a real guy. I mean, he, in fact, before he be, started coaching again, he was a substitute teacher, and he talked about how he didn't mind teaching uh, 6th, 7th, 8th grades, but uh, he couldn't take another day of substituting at kindergarten, which I can understand. Oh, I, I, but, uh, so it's that type of mentality, yeah. that sort of creative uh, influence that it's going to completely change and alter the way the NFL is played. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, earlier in the year, they what was at Kansas City and St. Louis. They put up uh, huge numbers and touchdowns after touchdowns. But it's still all about running and the defense. And that's uh, what the Bears are going to do. And that's going to lead them. But uh, I'm, I'm in favor of the trick plays. Yeah, no, I you even you knew I was going to come with your opening thoughts first, Brian. Uh, good awareness on the show tonight. I appreciate that. But we're going to go to Alex next because he was at the game with his dad. And uh, uh, it that was uh, a little bit of a wow, I wish I was there type moment. But I was happy for you, too. I know how big of a... Bears fan, your dad is uh, all of us down maple. We always, I'm always figuring what Bears fan do I want to talk to first. You know, talk to my dad, talk to you, my buddy. But your dad is like an encyclopedia when it comes to the Bears, man. So tell me what that was like watching it up close, not on the TV, but at Soldier Field with the fans. What was that like? Yeah, it was awesome. It was. Um, I was happy to be there. I was thankful that my dad uh, took me to the game. Um, it was loud. It was, you know, they had the air siren going, the air horn. Um, I, I, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. I, it was definitely the best sporting event I've ever been to. What do they call it? The bear um, raid siren. Yeah, the bear raid siren. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was just, it was awesome to be there. Um, there's just a whole, not just at the game, but just being around town or, or around Chicago, or even just, you know, seeing somebody in this grocery store and. So they got a bear shirt on, or they got a bear's hat. You know, you just there's there's more of that. You know, you haven't seen that recently. A younger generation younger sprouting, if you would say. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's happy to wear their bear shirts now. You know, and it sparks conversation with anybody. So I have to make a joke because it's obviously Bears Packers, and they call themselves the Cheeseheads. Did you um? I'm surprised you didn't have the cheese grater hat though, man. You got to add that to your arsenal. You got to get that uh, fan hat with the big cheese grater. Uh, it, that's what your Aunt Mary has. They're, they are cool. They are cool. But you got to get one of those for a game like that, though, dude. Yeah. I, uh, no, we just – yeah, we, we didn't think, I didn't think of it. But, no, I was really happy you two had a good time. I'd, and pay, I'd pay to see your dad wear that. <laughs> we will we'll, – we'll, we'll figure that out, guys. If we find out that, that happens, it will be mentioned on the next episode. But I'm going to go to Brian with my next question. Uh, the Bears have – uh, upcoming road test Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. What can we expect at Levi Stadium against a 49er team that's looking at what the Bears have done? They have a young team as well, you know, with uh, John Lynch leading as GM. They have a pretty good young team over there. But the injury that they had earlier this year to Jimmy Garoppolo, their future quarterback uh, in that position, went down. So that kind of 
botched their hopes of even trying to get into a ladder seed in the postseason or making a run. What can the Bears do on the road when they have two weeks left in the regular season? Well, I think all the Bears have to do is just show up. And then the 49ers, the home of the, uh, the Neil takers, can take a knee and bow down to the leaders of the NFC and just show their reverence. Um, they will put up a fight because they're scrappers, even though they don't have anything to, to play for, but their jobs. Um, but uh, as long as the Bears stay consistent, um, as long as they uh, play smart, go ahead and run the ball. Um, Trubisky, uh, Alex lookalike, um, just, uh, you know, <laughs> throw underneath, <laughs> throw underneath coverage, um, you know, just play smart and uh, don't turn the ball over. And I, I think they'll get, uh, I'm predicting that they'll get, uh, three to four sacks. Well, I like that, and but, then, uh, uh what do you got them doing in the score total final score with the, those sacks? Uh, the defense, I think, will score at least one touchdown. And they'll allow the offense to score maybe a couple themselves. Um, so I'm thinking at least 24. I think Parkey might make one. If he doesn't um, hit the guardrail, leave that. Yeah, well, only at Soldier Field does he do that. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking 24 to uh, 10. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna... I like that, too. So, are you both going to go with that as your prediction then, each, or does Alex have his own prediction I, of the game? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it might be a little bit closer, just because 49ers played Seattle last week and they beat them. Um, and Robbie Gold played the Bears last year, and they put up, he, I think he put up five field goals against the Bears last year. Like oh, like yeah. 15, 14. So, I don't know. Robbie Gold might get a couple Wish of he was kicks. in the blue and orange, though, this time, um, don't you? Wish we had him back. Yeah. Yeah. For this postseason run? Yeah, but uh, I think – no, I think he's right. I think they're going to get a couple of sacks. Defense probably going to get a touchdown. Um, hopefully they just play with themselves, just yeah, run the ball. Don't do, don't show any trick – too many trick plays. Save them for the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, hopefully stay injury-free and get out there get out of there with W. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the injury part and uh... – Little pun, your W for Will. Of course, you knew I was coming on. See, so if throw a good pun, I appreciate Cubs, that. But... <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna take this W for Will, but uh, we uh, we yeah. gotta dissect this team a little bit because they do have some injuries. I'm you, you, you guys always are like minders. Whenever I have people on the show, they can like read my mind about what I'm talking about, even when it's not in the script. Which I love that about this show. We're all like strong sports presence like that in our talk yeah. and. Uh, that, that's got to be uh, not such a good case right now with the injuries in the Bears case because they lost what, what is one of my favorite cornerbacks. Now, credit, Kyle Fuller has earned my trust back as a fan. You know, like that loyalty a player when they haven't done too well. when the, and, and that's going to happen with any player. You know, you never know if you're going to just suddenly blossom where, where you're drafted in the draft and you'll making your own that quick. Kyle Fuller just had to take some time. You know, he had those injuries kind of like – I wouldn't say exactly similar to Kevin White because they're both different players, both different injuries, different injuries yeah. exactly different stories. But I uh, really like Bryce Callahan a lot uh, as well. Um, he, he's an injured bear that uh, they didn't need to have injured. You know, he, he's a key to that secondary. Now, of course, the strong points right now are Eddie Jackson, uh, Kyle Fuller, who uh, was good. We didn't let him go to the Packers Green Gold because he's been a key piece 
uh, for this Bears defense. Vic Fangio is just probably one of the best coaches I've ever seen run the defense for the Chicago Bears, uh, aside from Rob Marinelli. I just love that um, family. What about Lovey? It, it seems like a, a family, though, with uh, the way his players are connected. That's like a yeah, family well. team effort right. with um, – you know, with the Bears, and I think that's really important for any good team because we saw that when Seattle was winning years ago. You, you see that with the Rams over in Los Angeles with McVay. McVay's like that uh, kid assistant coach that's the head coach. It's a new wave coming into the NFL, which I think is incredible. You know, seeing the Patrick Mahomes and the, the Mitchell Trubisky's and the, you know, we were talking about the trick plays, you know, seeing, I believe it was Roy Robertson-Harris, uh, Jonathan Buller, who was a former third-round pick of the Bears, when Akeem Hicks was used. That was like a, a few yards away from a score. I thought that was incredible. And then you guys, of course, remember that fun touchdown we saw in a few a few weeks or so ago or in a game or two ago where it's Brandon Sowell mm-hmm. who was the first offseason movie, even before we thought Julio Mack was possible to Chicago. They just signed him on a one-year deal. We're like, okay, what's this guy going to do? Because we have like already some pretty good alignment coming through the draft. You know, We, we already had a set line without him – you know, making the team again, but he, uh, he, he showed his, you know, what he meant to the team, his veteran presence, you know, how he's helped some of these younger guys, you know, white hair still learning after the last few years still, uh, but helping them out because he's played with teams like that situation before. And to see him catching a touchdown was just exciting. It, it's, I love what this Bears team is doing. And did you hear his dad was, uh, asleep on the couch? During him. that touchdown, no, no I did not. In Missouri, he oh, you're falling kidding. asleep, and then he heard his son's okay. name, and he woke up, and he just saw he's like, oh, he scored. Well, he's a, <laughs> I think he's cursed because he's in uh, Matt Nagy's old uh, country, though. That might be why, or I don't know. But uh, we got to dissect this team a little bit, guys. They have Pro Bowlers now. We we barely even had one Pro Bowler last year with the Bears, you know, under uh, John Fox, who we don't miss very much. Obviously, in Chicago, we can see him on TV though. On another network, but they have seven alternates, but that's uh, pretty respectful for guys like Mitchell Trubisky, uh, a rookie in Roquan Smith, uh, Trevathan who came off that injury situation last year. He's back to his days in Denver, I think, in his case, with what he's doing with the Bears this year. But just some of those many names. we got to dissect this team a little bit just based on where they're at, guys. So I'm going to start. Uh, we're going to each pick our favorite player, the player we hope to improve, and the player – that's an X factor. You know, we, we, we got a little bit of time tonight to where I think we got to, you know, we got to, the, the listeners talk about it all the time, but we need to dissect it for them. We're, we're like in a science class dissecting a frog, the frog of the Bears season, if you will. I, I got to relate to Alex, guys. He's a, a, a future dentist here, so we got to relate into his medical terms. But I'm going to start, and uh, Brian will go next, and Mr. Illini over here, the uh Still grieving over Cubs 2016. Uh, well, enjoying that win still, even though it's still a while away after. But uh, he's going to be the best for last. You're, is that okay with you, Alex? Yeah, fine. We're going to save you the best options last that we don't use. Okay, so I'm going to start. Mine is going to be a fan favorite as well. You know, I'm a broadcast guy, but also fan like everybody. Uh, as we talk about on the show, the average sports fan we cater to. I love what Mitchell Trubisky is doing this year. You know, there was a lot of excitement. Um, about what he could do under Matt Nagy, but we did not know about uh, what he was going to be able to bring to the table. You know, with this new coach, whenever a new coach meshes with his players, you don't know how well they're going to fit, how long it's going to take. I mean, we saw it with LeBron, just an NBA comparison, when those 
big three in Miami were just starting to get to like play with each other, you know, in a game setting. But I think Matt Nagy has Mitch on another level. And the thing I liked, and I'm sure you both can agree about it, because uh, I've talked to each about during the offseason, how he trained with Jared Goff, too, you know, who was in that situation with a new offensive-minded coach just a year ago and Sean McVay. Mitchell Jabisky, I think, is a franchise quarterback the Bears have waited for. Uh, I think it was worth that trade they made a while back. I think, you know, of course the jury could still be out, but this guy is playing with his best effort. I mean, the guy's dressing up like Mike Ditka for Halloween, you know, in the media. And he, had yeah, that, yeah. he had that cool light-up sweater I uh, inspired David Kaplan to wear his own on uh, Sports Talk Live with NC Sports Chicago. But Mitchell Trubisky is my X Factor this year. Um, my second one was going to be Tariq Cohen, but we're going to get to see who does in the Pro Bowl already as a starter. Well, hopefully not. I, 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 I don't even want to mention him right now just because I think the way he plays speaks for itself. The same with Jordan Howard. Those running backs, we don't we, we can say as much as we want about them, positive, but what we see on the field already takes the words right out of our mouths. And uh, for, for me, Mitchell Trubisky has been that key player for the Bears and the future because he's the player that is the captain of this team. You know, they're looking to him. He's the younger player with some of these older players on the team, like Kyle Long. These guys trust him. You know, we hear about that all the time, how much they trust Mitch, how much they believe in his confidence. And this is only his, this is his first full year, guys. He still has a lot of years in a Bears uniform. You know, the people that were hoping we'd have a future after getting, you know, finally ridding ourselves of the Jay Cutler saga, this is what we've waited for. With not just Mitch's success, but having a successful quarterback, I mean, Alex, I'm, I'm sure you remember back in the days of Alshon Jeffrey, the Brian Urlacher, and Briggs on D. Hey, we had a better quarterback. We could have hypothetically had a more successful season, you know, and I, I feel like Trubisky's helped that. You know, it's like putting the puzzle together. You know, he puts that piece in. But the player I want to see a little more from it, I didn't expect this one to be it, but it's got to be Allen Robinson, actually, as a surprise for me just to pick that one because I feel like him and Mitch are still getting the hang of each other. You know, Robinson's keeping himself healthy, though, which is good. He's, when you're recovering from an ACL injury, we've seen it with almost any player, you're, you're not going to be as lucky as AP. You know, a year later, you're getting, you know, 1,000-yard rushing yard seasons again. You know, that, that, that it happens differently for different players. They have their own stories with that. But for me, it's Allen Robinson. I want to see more of him and Mitch together because we have so many pieces, though, even – uh, just to contribute that, it's hard to see how they fit. So that's mine. I love how him and Taylor Gabriel fit. I think him and Trey are the next Brady Gronk light, maybe because yeah, Trey's a little over, yeah. shorter than Gronk. But uh, I think that's what Chicago's putting together right now. Of course, uh, Trey Burns a little healthier than Gronk, but uh, those are mine. Uh, now, Brian, I'm sure you're ready. What is your favorite Chicago Bear that's made the biggest difference to the team this year, in your view? Well, right now it's. Uh... Probably Khalil Mack. Um, he's aggressive. He leads by example. He's a heck of a player. And uh, I remember the coaches had talked about him earlier in the year, the type of example he sets. He'll practice and he'll run towards the ball no matter where he's at in the field. And then so a lot of the players are mimicking him. So you have a lot of gang tackling as opposed to just solo tackles because the whole team's trying to chase after the ball carrier. Um, you know, he's going to be a good player, hopefully, for the next 10 years with the Bears, as long as he holds out. Uh, he could probably go down as probably one of the best uh, linebacker, well, tight defensive ends uh, ever to play for the Bears. 
And that's saying a lot, getting Richard that uh, Hall of Famer. Um, probably, what are we looking for? The most improved? or to Well, improve? the player that made the most difference. Is that Khalil Mack for you? And then you're yeah, going to... Yeah, Khalil Mack. So, yeah, then yeah. you're going to pick a player that you're like, okay, this is a pretty good player, but you want to see more of him. You want to see him make more <laughs> of uh, his own identity, not just the rest of this year, but the future of the team. Um, I forget the tight end's name. Uh, Shaheen. Adam Shaheen? No, no, no. Burton? Are you going to go Trey Burton? Trey Interesting. Burton. Why don't you uh, uh, elaborate why uh, you're choosing Trey for that real situation? Well, I know, Al, I mean, Mitch, uh, he likes throwing the shuttle pass to him every once in a while. But um, I think it, Trey Burton's really being underutilized. There you go, underutilized. Yeah, I could spit it out there. Um, because... There's a lot he can do, and I think if they use him more in short yardage, you know, even four or five yard passes, it's basically they consider that a run, and it's giving them better options. Um, I think uh, I, I would use Trey Burton more. and It's a player that I think in the playoffs, when defenses are playing tighter, they're playing double teaming your your key receivers and uh, you get Trey Burton coming out of the backfield or coming across the middle for those first down catches it, it could be important and plus who knows in the Super Bowl he could always throw a touchdown pass so oh like, yeah we kind of like love what he did for Philadelphia yeah yeah that was but, a great uh, play for so them. Trey Burton that's who I'd say I, I I was really shocked by that one but I can kind of see now based that's on your analysis of them yeah and I hope we didn't steal Alex's picks because he is the best for last on this portion of the Bears. I don't know. That, so I don't know if Alex is creative enough. Alex, to uh, picks, let it rip, man. Maybe Mitch knows uh, you guys are lookalikes and you should uh, take a pick together like that, huh? No. No. Uh, I think most improved player or best player that's been for the what, you could, best, most improved? Well, you could, you could say whichever one you want first. Just okay. make sure they know which one. Yeah, yeah. So most improved or biggest uh, – X factor, I guess, for the Bears is I think Akeem Hicks. Um, yeah, I think Mac draws a lot of attention, and he should. Um, I think Hicks is that guy that just takes advantage of his one-on-one -on -one matchup. Um, and then when you try to double him, you got uh, and then Max free. You know, you can't double, you can't double and triple team both those guys. So I think Akeem Hicks is a guy that just blows up the center of an offensive line. Um, he's a run stopper, Pro Bowler now. Uh, I think he's definitely been a big bright spot on defense. And uh, as far as player to improve this season or that the Bears are going to rely on, I think uh, Sherrick McManus. I think the slot corner. Great special teams player too. Well, yeah, yeah, but hopefully he's, he's not playing much special teams now because uh, he's got to play slot corner because of Bryce Callahan's injury. So I think if you got Fuller on the outside is really good. Prince is really good. Lock, two lockdown corners. You got – Jackson that should be back from his injury uh, for the playoffs at safety, but I think uh, Sherrick McManus is going to have to play as a great slot corner, especially against guys like Woods from the Rams. Um, there's some good slot receivers that they could face on the Saints, uh, so he's going to have to play well. That's going to be key for the playoffs especially. I agree with his veteran experience. So those are our uh, dissections of the Bears team that's just been so much fun to watch this year. It's like Alex was saying. You're basically on the edge of your seat for 
every game of the way. It's been fun to watch it. And we hope that is the case Sunday, as in just two days, right before Christmas, Bears fans get another early Christmas gift in their hopes of getting another victory in the regular season as they go on the road to Levi Stadium to face the San Francisco 49ers. That is a 3.05 p.m. kickoff. We are going to now give Alex a break to prepare for his movie moment of the night. He's just... He, he told me he has a few options he has to narrow down still. So, Alex, we're going to let you take care of that. As uh, Brian and myself are going to be talking a little Chicago White Sox. And a lot of people are probably wondering why fit in the White Sox towards the end of just an, a big bear segment. But there's a lot going why on. Why not? There's a lot going on in the offseason uh, was my answer to it. And uh, it, you never know what's going to happen in the baseball offseason. You know, NCAA uh, recruitment signings or – uh, the instable like the NBA, NFL, free agency. You never know what's going to happen. It's one of my favorite old sayings that I've heard in classes before over the years. You expect the unexpected. And I think that's a really important thing to think about as the White Sox are in on two players. Now, we knew it was going to be one of these two, but we didn't know we were going to be in on Bryce Harper. You know, we, we have the money, Brian, you know, to obviously get a big free agent to bring, uh, just to compare it the way people have in uh, Chicago media to John Lester coming to the Cubs. That was a great sign for the Cubs, a real big deal for them to bring a good uh, character and individual to that team that needed that young uh, team to have an older presence. And the White Sox, Brian, are hoping to have that with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And we just got a report this afternoon uh, was John Paul Morosi and um, John Hammond confirmed this secondly after him, uh, along with Ken Rosenthal, that Manny Machado will make his decision after the new year. So it might be his new year's resolution to maybe uh, get that money. It's just a little pun, you know, he always had a new year's resolution. His is probably to finally get that contract he's looking for and to pray people forget about Johnny Hustle for good. You know, he, want, he probably wants to leave that in 2018 in the past. But I Specifically, I'm going to give you a chance to um, give your choice of the two. Uh, do you like Manny Machado more or Bryce Harper? I'm more of a Bryce Harper guy specifically because uh, the White Sox have a lot of right-handed batters right now. Now, of course, Moncada is a switch hitter. They're going to have some young kids coming up that could be lefties or righties, but Eloy's a righty. Robert can bat away, but mostly does right-handed pretty well. So it's going to come down to how well you even out the right-handed and left-handed batters because a lot of teams – uh, I'm just going to name the Nationals, for instance. When they had you know, all their guys up that they wanted to win with, contending, this is why they went for a guy like Adam Eaton, not just for the outfield, but you got to even out your left-handed and right-handed bats. I feel like that's just compared to the Cubs. They had good, even right-handed batters, few switch hitters, but they batted left-handed pretty well. So you can be able to confuse those pitchers. So what is your favorite uh, of those two? If you had to choose right now, your Rick Khan, you can give them – Let's say $350 million one of these two would get from the Sox for 10 years. Would you rather give it to Manny Machado or Bryce Harper to join the Southsiders? I would say Manny Machado. I think he's almost as good a hitter as Addison Russell is. I mean, um, uh, a good player. Good player. That's what I meant to say. Um, I think he's a good position player. Will, you just lost a lot of followers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, my, my, my dad's just... Uh, Sorry, abusers of the world. We don't need you anyways. Um, I think the only reason he's saying that, though, Alex, just to defend him a little bit, is because Addison Russell doesn't have the Johnny Hustle thing. I think that's kind of what you're hitting on, aren't you, Brian? The whole, uh, you know, well, Machado's got his own crutch. I'm a pacifist, so I don't hit. But anyways, um, I, uh, I'm correct. Um, 
I, I think Main Machado is a good player. He could be a good solid hitter. Um, he uh, could play third base, which is I think a big need for the White Sox. Um, or even if he played shortstop, then you could send Tim Anderson. I know you and I have talked about that out to the outfield. From a scouting report, yes, he could play. But I think as well. um, he could be a good player, and I think it's important to have a good, solid infield. Um, and uh, he's a good contact hitter. He can make the rest of the players around him that much better. And then as the, the young prospects come up, they're going to be his supporting cast, basically. And uh, so I, I would go with Machado. I, I've seen the numbers and uh, that uh, kid from Washington, and uh, and that I know everybody thinks he's a rock star and he's impressed. You know. Brings his own brand too. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm I'm not that impressed by him. I I'd rather go with the solid bat. Are you referring to Harper's batting average specifically? Batting average, you know, he was hit 240 last year. Uh, I'm sorry, 300 million dollars. I, I could hit 200 uh, just by putting the bat out there probably, and I'd like $150 million, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so, so this is going to go into my closing question for the Sox because we have the movie segment to end with, you know, and to leave all the folks with their holiday uh, spirits, you know, because we all have to go finish some shopping tonight, don't we, gentlemen? So uh, my uh, final question for you tonight, Brian, along with me, uh, is the Sox have taken what, and this is what Kenny Williams came out to. I, I'm sure Abs can agree. We're going to let him in on this one a little bit here just before I give Brian the start on it, Alex. You, you could probably agree. When you guys made that trade or some of those trades, you know, after the signing of John Lester and those moves, that not just your GM but your president both came out, you know, we remember saying how aggressive they were going to be. And that's usually a key indicator. Am I correct? Yeah, like the team's direction, like when they know they are ready to be aggressive. You you uh you have to go all in. You know, when you make moves like that, you tell your fans and your organization and your players that you're all in now. Like there's no more rebuilding, you know. Um, so maybe the Sox are ready to say that. I don't know if their roster is, but we'll see. Yeah, no, we still have a lot of young come like young players coming up. But the reason I asked you that was just to kind of relate to where the Sox are right now, as we've seen in the reports. This was during the winter meetings. Uh, you know, Kenny Williams, uh, in terms of Sox history as a uh, front office guy, wasn't really the well-liked GM, but I feel like he's more uh, liked in this president-type role because Rick Hahn, I feel, has been a really great GM for the White Sox. Now, that'll, the jury's still out, of course, as uh, you know, when Ryan Pace was new, he was able to make a move like Khalil Mack just to compare the Bears here in this case, where both teams were in their rebuilds. The White Sox have that test right now. You know, they're... They have these key players out in front of them, but they've made some moves. we got to update the listeners on this as well. Uh, James McCann, former backup catcher of the Detroit Tigers, is staying in the AL Central but coming over to the Chicago White Sox. It's a one-year deal for $2.5 million, but there's a second-year option, you know, in case Seve Zavala and Zach Collins need a little bit more time. Still a pretty good option. I think McCann's a pretty good player. Uh, they said he's one of the best defensive catchers on, in terms of throwing people out at second or uh, – you know, maybe an Ashton Russell during the crosstown, but uh, a lot of good moves for Sox. And uh, the pitchers have been a really big deal for them as well. You know, bringing in Alex Kamei a while back, uh, Ivan Nova, and they've uh, they've made some moves to really help out this team. But I'm still, I, I, I got to say this aggressive approach is really good, but the question remains, and this is my question for uh, you, Brian, 
the White Sox, let's say hypothetically, do not get Machado or Harper. You know, the, yes, they're saying no one Aaron out, but the guy's going to turn 29. I, I love a veteran, but more like your um, Brian Pace style 26, 27 year old because he can develop not just with the rebuild, but with those young players as a core. You know, like what we saw Kansas City back when they were uh, going on their wild card, then World Series run. So, what are your thoughts on the aggressive approach? And if a Harper and Machado doesn't come, what do you do? Well, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think if you don't sign either one of those, uh, you just stay the course. Um, I don't think they were forecasting 2019 to be the year. Um, but in baseball, anything can happen. Players and teams can get hot at the right times. Um, there's a lot of players that have been playing together in the minors, and when they can come up, they already have a bond and they already have an understanding of how to win as a team. Um, and that may happen this year when Eloy comes up and um, when Cease comes up. And, uh, you know, if if they don't, if they do sign Machado and he's playing with Mancada, who knows what's going to happen to Mancada? He might catch fire. Um, so there's a lot of things that could happen. But if they don't sign either one of those players, I still think you're in the rebuild. I still think you... They'll probably sign a couple more veterans just to fill out the roster, to kill innings. And uh, you, you're not going to really worry about the main attraction like uh, uh, Machado or... Uh, you're forgetting Eloy Jimenez, Brian. I think you're just too excited to see him play and Robert. No, I, I understand that. But they're still young players. They're not marquee players. They're not going to sell tickets just yet. But you will see people kind of like uh, when Makata came up... They'll stop and they'll watch him bat because they're expecting big things from him. So we'll see. And uh, um, I think they will probably sign Machado. And if they do, then I see them maybe picking up another uh, uh, arm, another pitcher. Do you have a specific uh, name that you like that's available? Maybe like a reunion with Gio Gonzalez or Dallas Keuchel. Do you kind of have a favorite um, in those two? Well, Cy Young, he's dead. Um <laughs> so that's out of the question. Um, that's Alex is sure a pitcher, yeah. correct? Alex, yeah. Cy Young. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't know of anybody offhand. Um, but I, I think they'll pick up a veteran pitcher just to uh, to fill out the kind of like Shields did. Maybe sign Shields again. You never know. Uh, not with that contract. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to a lower contract. Um, and maybe a couple more arms in the bullpen. Uh, and then slowly but surely bring those guys up and see what happens. And then who knows, maybe mid-season when uh, there's seven or eight games over 500 and they're in first place in a bad division, you never know. Then maybe you make that trade for a couple of marquee players to help you get into the playoffs. So you never know. I know I'm jumping ahead, but... Um, no, it's good to think about still. There's a... I know that both sides of Chicago, we both our teams are great at that with our general managers and our front office, making the right moves at the right time. And I think the Cubs have set a good example for the White Sox in this situation. You know, both GMs, uh, when they made that trade, they talk about that connection. And hopefully that will continue for the White Sox. As we mentioned, Manny Machado uh, will be announcing which team. It might be like LeBron uh, decision in 3.0 in Machado's case, the way he might be setting that up after the new year, like a little extravaganza. But... It'll be exciting to see whichever uh, team gets what, but I think I'm just set on Harper. That probably won't change until those players sign elsewhere because 
I would love to see him and his best friend, Chris Bryant, face each other in the crosstown and bring a lot more, uh, even more revenue to the city. You know, and that's what you're thinking about when you're bringing in these marquee guys, giving out these contracts, is how they can, you know, as Brian, you were mentioning, the ticket selling, but that also helps other things in the city. And uh, that's going to be our baseball talk for tonight as we have the closing part of the show. Uh, we have Will Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest host, and the listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie, comparing it to modern-day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook and Twitter page and post their own sports movie moment favorite. And since I let Brian be on the last one with me, we are allowing Alex to go first on the movement moment choice on this year's one-year anniversary holiday special. I will go... After Brian, in the spirit of the holiday season, it is a time to give. So I am giving, a little pun there, gentlemen, both of you the chance to go first. So uh, Alex, wow us first, man. What do you got? Um, so I haven't seen a new sports movie um, this year. Is this has one there, you're planning to see? Or? No. Has there been one out? I think, yes. Okay. The, you, you know my favorites. Are you referring Mary to Poppins. the two? Is that sports? No, no not, not Mary Poppins. Super Bowl based. But do you have one that we've talked about before you want to reuse? Since it's a holiday season, yeah. we're going to allow uh, another gift wrapping uh, to be used. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. What was the one you used in episode two? I know we talked about it before the show tonight. Why don't you uh, relive that one for us on this one-year anniversary episode? Uh, remember the Titans. So I, I like that. That's a good movie, um, good football movie, good sports movie, good life movie. Um, I think everybody should see it. Um, I think also too. I don't know if you saw last week. The Titans did a the Tennessee Titans did like yeah, a like a little rendition. Yeah, oh, did they really of the walkout? Oh, wow. for oh I I love yeah. that energy they bring from yeah. the movies to the real life. But what uh, so was cool. how does that connect you to the Bears though? I, I I know you can connect that to any team, but does that kind of remind you of the Bears' drive from the rebuild into this contention? Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, you could relate it to the Bears, I guess, with the training camp. So in Remember the Titans, they went to Gettysburg College for a training camp. Good old Denzel the, speech, yeah. Yeah, they merged the team together. Um, so I guess you could say Matt Nagy kind of came in in April and tried to merge the team together. Guys that haven't been here before, a lot of new players, a lot of old players. Um, and you can, you can relate that, I guess. Um, and also the su- success in the Remember the Titans, T.C. Williams had good success. They said, like, the perfect season. They made, yeah, like, they the record perfect, books yeah, there. Perfect season. Bears haven't had a perfect season, but... They'll get there. Yeah, recent history. looks like they've had a perfect season. So... Well, of course, those dreaded Packers. I, I love that movie choice. I know uh, you, you told me you had an idea for one tonight. You uh, obviously had to narrow it down, but I felt like uh, in the holiday season, you had it planned to narrow it down to that uh, one, one you did just a year ago. Am I, am I right? You, I, I know you were just... Ready to put that line again because uh, episode two that was probably the best movie choice we've ever had in the show after the first few episodes. So. I yeah, I just I I'm glad you brought that one back because a lot of the newer listeners haven't heard that. So Brian, what's yours? I know you you like a lot of uh, recent and class movies, but uh, do you have any classic baseball movies you haven't shared yet on the show that you want to share with us? Well, I was looking through the internet just to peruse through some of the sports movies, and I came across an oldie but goodie. Bad News Bears. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. And 
<laughs> I kind of equate that title to whoever the Bears are going to play. That it's going to be bad news for them. Oh, I love that, Alex. You got to like we, we got to love that time Brian just brought to the show. That's now, a really good part there. The movie is basically, uh, and it kind of was uh, um, described in the description of the movie. Um, there are a lot of players that uh, will never be home run hitters, will never make the major leagues. Uh, especially in Little League where half the team basically is waiting for the end of the game so they can go get pizza at the, at the place. <laughs> yeah, or, pizza's good. Or pizza's my, good, though. Or in my case, I was ready for the game to end, and we always got one free thing at the concession stand. Yeah. And for me, it was always a, a, a pack of baseball cards. Um and unfortunately, I think I threw all those baseball cards away. You didn't save oh, any man. for me, Brian. I didn't yeah. buy them myself I still have there. Some. Yes. But uh, it, it kind of reminded me uh, I was never I, – I probably scored more runs in Little League without getting a hit. Correction. I scored more runs while getting hit. Because um, <laughs> I, I did get is hit. Is that a quite new sabermetric they start using in the majors yeah. now? They always yeah. add those, don't yeah. they? It's... But uh, it's it's a Cinderella story, you know, just like a lot of sports movies are. A bunch of. <coughs> excuse me, cough button there. Um, <laughs> a, a bunch of kids that probably shouldn't have been playing on the baseball field and they come together and a coach, kind of like Matt Nagy, who knows the strengths and weaknesses of his players, and he plays to the player's strength. And that's why a guy that could take a 350-pound, 390-pound defensive tackle, give him the ball, uh, or line up a bunch of people, they're athletes. They're doesn't matter if they're on defense or offense. Um, and that, that's the kind of... Uh, uh, coach that uh, can lead and uh, help leaders on a team be successful. So bad news bears, one of my favorites. Bad for, news for the 49ers Sunday. Bad news for too. the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. I, I like oh, yeah. that. So mine's going to be one I haven't used yet. It was uh, one James Kalianis, our uh, co-host from uh, episode 22, uh, his debut use. I guess he was uh, trying to, I wouldn't say brown a little bit, but he was trying to continue a good presence on the show with these movie choices and uh mine's gonna be creed too i know it's one alex here has sadly not seen yet but i'm hoping he uh enjoys that experience just the energy this movie brings and i'm gonna pick a type of now boxing movies are different obviously to your classic football or baseball movie but they have those montage type scenes you know that the part you alex was talking about and remember the titans where they have that you know training and everything but in creed 2 for me it, it's adonis he loses you know it's kind of like your basic rocky 3 situation you know he loses the fight or in adonis case gets hurt but here's rocky can i interrupt real quick sylvester stallone the, the the coach or the trainer for adonis was also in remember the titans no he, kidding really he, he was the defense he was uh okay What's oh, the, the defensive defensive coordinator? The, no, the, he was uh, um, the captain of the team. Okay. The, oh, uh, Bertier. Bertier. Yeah, he was Bertier. Bertier. Really? Bertier wow, was, the, okay. was Creed's trainer. Sorry. That's, oh, I didn't know no, that. no, no, that's 
I think you mean Julius, actually, not Julius. Julius, Julius, Julius Campbell. Julius, Julius okay. Campbell. Those okay. two were like brothers in the movie, so that's kind of yeah. why we. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I. All right, I'm sorry. No, 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 that was that was a great throw, and it just helps my movie choice even more. Um, to just kind of enhance what I uh, felt about uh, this comparison, I'm gonna have to pick the Chicago White Sox. You know, you guys picked the you know the Bears, so I gotta you know pick the team that's hasn't been used yet uh, of the ones we've talked about tonight. And it, it, it's the so- drive of the White Sox. You know, they're going aggressive right now. You know, this is a team historically that hasn't done a rebuild since the early 2000s, the classic. And my dad reminds me of this a lot, how they faced a bigger Yankees team in 2000 with all these young players out of nowhere winning by like 20 runs or something. We don't know if that's going to happen through this rebuild, you know, in the near future. But this is a White Sox team. Ricky's boys don't quit is that key line. And, you know, the montage in Creed 2, he's fighting in the desert, for God's sake. You don't, you don't see that in a lot of uh, sports movies where the guys are uh, training in, like, a complete desert setting. You know, and that really sets you from the, you know, distractions. And it just helped him get his mindset together. And he beat Drago's son. And that was really cool. Um... The way they ended the movie was really good. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for Alex because I know he's just ready to go see it right now after we finish the show. And uh, it, it relates to the Drive the White Sox organization. You know, you always talk about the players, but I think it, I'm going to uh, connect it to the front office in Rick Hunt. You know, like I was mentioning earlier when we were talking about the White Sox, uh, myself and Brian, about what he's doing. G- General manager is not the easiest role in a front office. To me, it's probably the hardest, not just – um, because you, you have to connect both your owner and your team, you know, president of baseball operations. But Rick Hahn is trusting his gut. You know, he was given this situation. You know, here's an assistant general manager moving up to a new role and given this. You know, we've seen that with a lot of newer GMs when teams are rebuilding. They'll bring in a new guy to clean up the, you know, old pieces of the older regime, uh, you know, contending or rebuilding and make it something great. And I think the city of Chicago – now, of course, I'm not going to be uh, completely opposed to Rick Hahn if we don't get one of these players. You can't control where a player goes. But I just love what he's doing with this organization. And This is a team in a few years when we see the crosstown, you know, on both sides of, of uh, Chicago, when we see games at guaranteed great field. Uh, it, it's going to be something fans can be proud of, just like the Cubs were. This is a fan base in the White Sox. Yes, it's kind of hard to watch uh, this go through, but it's watching this rebuild – that makes you even more excited for the future. You know, the players uh, that look for that support are supported during the rebuild. They love that fan energy, and uh, that that's what I took from Greed too. You know, I'm sh- you've seen a few of the Rocky movies I know, Alex, so those montage scenes can almost relate to any sports situation like this. So that's going to be my sports movie mode choice, and that is all the time we have in episode 23 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time to a special monthly Facebook Live after Christmas uh, to start the new year next week for more uh, fifth quarter sports talk and maybe the reveal of a Machado or Harper signing to the Sox. We don't know as uh, there will be more talk for episode 24 and as well. Uh, I'm going to announce who's going to be on that way. It's a little more interactive with the, uh, you listeners at home to help kind of figure out what I'm going to talk about too. Uh, it helps me set the framework and uh, we'll start the first uh, Illinois State Redbird Sports special update segment. So I want to thank Brian Farley and Stoner, and I talked to you both about this during the show uh, before it started. It's the support of the listeners that helped this show become what it is, not just me uh, sitting here with different people each week, bringing my sports talk to the table, bringing great interviews. We've done some wonderful interviews, so we're going to thank them real quick. Uh, guys like Mark Grody, Mark Chanowski, 
uh, Marcus Grant, uh, so many great people, David Haw, that have been guest appearances on this show. Some people at uh, my now alma mater, Illinois State, were part of this as well. So just at, at this one-year anniversary, we've got to thank them especially, but also the time of each of you. I know uh, when I was getting ready for this episode, it's a big day for the show today. You know, hopefully many more anniversaries coming up. You know, it's just the first. I'm hoping to make it to the 10th anniversary of the show in the yeah. future. It's I think it, it has that chance, but... It's not just with me, it's with the co-hosts. And you, each each of you were the first two that I came to with this idea when I started the show. Supported it when it began, uh, just recording briefly on this, my cell phone even. And, um, you know, both of you, you know, my, are inspirations to me as well. That's why I picked you two specifically to be on tonight. My dad is obviously, you're, you're uh, the reason I'm doing this career. You inspire me as a, from a young age and... Uh, Alex is kind of that big brother I always looked for in my life uh, that I go to if my dad doesn't sway me the right way or we uh, have uh, different issues on the sports uh, comparisons. You know, you know, you always have those rivalries and how you pick a team to do you know better. So uh, Alex, luckily not swaying me the cup side, but uh, point being, each co-host I've had in the show has been picked for a certain reason, uh, not just a good sports perspective like we all have, but one I can trust, and that helps this show not just create its own identity, but to be a family like any uh, any big sports show. You know, we're not your 670, your SPM 1000, but each of you has brought, continued uh, to bring something to the show that I hope will uh, inspire you to keep coming on moving forward. So I uh, thank you to each of uh, you tonight being the guest host for this special episode. It means a lot before the holidays. You know, I know each of you is real busy this time of year like we all are, so it means a lot to me. And... Uh, a special thank you to each of the guest co-hosts that have come on this show start to finish, and that will come as well. So that goes into my special thank you. Uh, so Brian and Alex, thank you for coming on, uh, supporting the show, and just being a part of it tonight. So this episode was one I was looking forward to and uh, means a lot. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm thanks. and uh, um, We didn't talk Cubs, luckily, though, for my right. dad's sake. He didn't want to talk that with Alex. I, I thought you just picked Alex because we couldn't find anybody else. But that's, <laughs> oh, all, that's all right. I, did, I won't let Alex know that. <laughs> no, he's, It'll be uh, our little secret. We have to, <laughs> all right. It's the season of giving, so we have to give Cub fans uh, the excitement they're going to see with the White Sox. But uh, that's going to be more talk for the next episode. Uh, we're honored to celebrate. Can, can I just say um, – I'm sorry, Will. I, yeah, just want to, I just want to say hello to all my fans out there. Um, Emily, Claire, Katie, uh, Jane, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And uh, Jane, make sure my dinner's ready. And Emily, Claire, take out the garbage and load the dishwasher. Okay, thank you. Alex, do you have any uh, thank yous for people? I know you've been on a few times. Do you have any people you've had tuned yeah, in to you uh, before that you've liked? Or what, what do you – I'm going to give you a chance to do this because my dad kind of gave his own spin on it. Uh, before we close, do you have any closing lines for what being on this show has meant to you? Uh, no, I, it's it's a good show because you get to just talk sports, do something we do, you know, on a daily basis, um, and yeah, share share some opinions. Yeah, I think I, you're I ready for that tenth anniversary, aren't you? Uh, yeah, you're. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get you I out of that dentist new, office. I might though. need a new contract though. We'll we'll work those out. Don't not the Roquan Smith way, but uh, I'll, I'll Scott Boris. We'll, we'll work it out. Uh, we're also honored to celebrate the one-year anniversary today of the show, uh, as we mentioned. And Happy anniversary. Buddy. We want to extend our thanks to each of you for being with us every step of the way and continuing to moving forward. Uh, not just the co-hosts with myself on this show are part of the Will's Fifth Quarter Special Family. Each one of you that has tuned in or will continue to tune in and be a part of the show, 
along with the guest appearances as part of that family during this holiday season. So we appreciate that. And we also also extend a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as uh, when the first fourth quarter when the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farlow. For Brian Farlow happy and Alex Kwanzaa. Dolinar, wishing each of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We will see you in 2019. Go Bears. So long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials at WilliamDFarlow.com. To join the sports conversation and share any opinions or thoughts on all sports, head to the Twitter page at WilliamDFarlow. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's fifth quarter special.